Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. Do you ever get into gardening or growing your own food at all? Oh, yeah. I, so growing up, my parents and my grandparents always had a pretty sizable vegetable garden. I mean, it was probably about a, I don't know, probably about a eighth of an acre big, but, you know, 10, 12 rows of various vegetables and stuff. So I grew up around that. And uh, my grandmother, she is in her mid 80s and still has a pretty good sized vegetable garden now. And, you know, we've raised tomatoes and stuff before the past few summers. Didn't get to this summer because we were kind of busy. But uh, yeah, every once in a while. What about you? Uh, I haven't haven't started yet, but I'm definitely interested in doing doing something in the yeah. future. When, when, when we get through enough of the projects that we start working on our yard. Right. Um, but I had a weird, weird thing happen the other day. I was talking to my neighbor um, and and we were having this same discussion. And, and he told me that that he had thought about planting an apple tree, but he was he was too scared to do it. So I just said, look, man, you've, you've just got to grow a pear. You know, I've had a really good week, but you just soured it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. I'm your host, Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you doing today, Cam? What? Shaking, bacon. Oh, not too much. Not too much. Been a pretty good week. What, uh, what are you drinking? Uh, this evening, I am drinking a Loop U Lunatic IPA from Hugger Mugger Brewing from Sanford, North Carolina. Oh, very cool. Very yeah, cool. yeah, very, very, very good IPA. I would highly recommend it if you can find it in the Central North Carolina area. Bobby! <laughs> well, I too, I too am drinking an IPA. I've got a New England style IPA called Hoot Shootin' from Left Nut Brewing Company. Easy, sailor. <laughs> Swig of beer for the working man, my God. <laughs> I think we tried to outdo each other on who had the weirdest beer name from the weirdest brewery. I I may or may not have only bought the beer because it was from Left Nut Brewing Company. Okay. Oh, man. But anyway, as a reminder, Chatting Average is brought to you by Sports Drink Media. Sports Drink is, is a podcast platform where you can listen to us and other great podcasts such as Platinum Sombrero featuring Doc and Dylan. And speaking of Doc and Dylan, if you've been listening to us, you know you can hear them on Thursdays on Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is an audio-only sports talk platform that's basically like a live podcast. You can get on there and uh, they'll they'll start their show and you can actually interact and be part of the show with them. Get it on the iOS store or Google Play. Download it for free anywhere, and uh, and yeah, you never know when uh, when you might see me or Cam pop up on uh, on the Platinum Sombrero one. That's right. So Cam, yes, been a fun week. It has been a fun week. I I am very glad you pointed this out uh, when we were talking before the show, but this is the very first time in the history of the Chatting Average podcast that we don't have a single. Braves loss to talk about 
in between our last episode and today. Yeah, it's pretty bonkers, isn't it? Oh my god, that's awesome. I mean, as good as last season was, we never had a completely perfect week to talk about here on the show. Not and a yet, one. Here we are. Don't take that to mean I won't find something to complain about. But or someone. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> Some, someone in particular but anyway before we get into that we had some uh we had some fun stuff happening in baseball to talk about um yeah first of all uh i, I forget if it was today or yesterday uh but miguel cabrera hits his 500th home run that, that was today was, sunday that was today yeah yeah oh oh miggy jumping in the history books Pretty cool. I mean, you know, say what you want about the guys, you know, past couple of seasons, he's definitely trailed off and not the player that he once was. You know, father time is undefeated, of course, but generational player. Absolutely. I mean, Uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Easily. Should be a unanimous vote into the Hall of Fame now that we've broken the seal on doing that. Won't be because baseball writers are stupid, but. But. He'll get in for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Him, him and Albert Pujols were the, the two hitters I I immediately think of that that had the longest runs in our lifetimes of of just being the most feared hitter in the game. Albert had better be unanimous. I There's something wrong if he's not. You know, he's it, got an 800 OPS with the Dodgers this season. Sweet lord. He's like 50. I, I don't know how old he is, but he is old as dirt and has no business with an 800 OPS. It was like when you walk through the gates of Dodger Stadium. It's like your career just renews itself. Unless you're Cole Hamels. Or Shane Green, for that matter. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> have fun, Shaney. Oh, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fun to watch along with the, uh, with the, with the Dodgers game today because we got to see them experience the full... Shane Green experience. So he comes in and immediately allows a single to the first batter. Uh, uh, got a pop up from the second, walked the third, hit the following two with pitches to to play to run before getting pulled. Oops. Yeah, it was uh, it it was certainly a Shane Green outing. Yeah, not great. The, did did we talk about? Cole Hamels last week? I don't think we did. Okay, Cole Hamels is the greatest con man in the history of baseball. Uh, best agent in the history of the game, for sure. How much did we give him last year for three innings? Um, I, So, it, it's all very complicated, I think, because... It was prorated, gave, for one. Yeah, it was, an, it was a one-year, $18 million contract, but it was prorated, and I don't know how much, if any of that, we were able to recover... Uh, when he only pitched for like four innings, I think it was three. <laughs> I might have overshot that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's even better is that the Dodgers gave him a million dollars. He pitched one inning of a simulation game and then immediately went on the 60 day IL. I, I mean, he did the Dodgers worse than he did us. Like, at least, he did. At least we got to see Cole Hamels in a Braves uniform in a regular season game for a minute. 
That's why I'm convinced that like this offseason, the Padres are going to sign him to a $1 million deal. He's going to Skype into the team's first meeting in spring training and then never be heard from again. <laughs> like I, I kind of want this ongoing story every season of somehow Cole Hamels gets a million dollars, but then does less and less every single year. <laughs> Just to see how long he can get away with this. <laughs> Cole Hamels signed a $25 million contract with the Los Angeles Angels and then immediately went to his mailbox to get the mail and broke his ankle. He's out for the season. <laughs> Cole Hamels signed a $14 million deal with, uh, let's see, with the Giants. And then upon hanging up the phone from his agent, tore a ligament in his thumb and is out for the season. Hey, uh, have you been watching the Little League World Series this week? Uh, I've seen, I've seen highlights here and there, but I haven't, haven't sat down and watched the games. Have you? Uh, a little bit. I've, I've, you know, just doing stuff around the house. I've, you know, I've turned a few games on and had them on in the background. I'm actually, I've actually got the little league classic on in the background right now, which is pretty cool. Both teams, you know, wearing little league world series style uniforms, the angels wearing one with West across the front. Like they're from the Western region. I think Cleveland's. Cleveland says, like, Great Lakes or something like that, which is pretty cool. Um, but it is – it's always a fun thing every year to, you know, watch these kids play on a national stage like this. And, of course, you know, growing up, every kid that played Little League Baseball always dreamed of being in Williamsport. Okay, I just pulled up a picture of the uh, of the uniforms they're wearing for this game, and that is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, they they modeled them like exactly after the Little League World Series uniforms That's that all the so kids cool. are that all the kids are wearing. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. So I bring this up to say I know that you and I have talked about our Little League careers as lackluster as they may have been, but I figure we could run into that well one more time. Any uh, any memorable moments from your Little League career for the show, Alex? Um. I had a few, um, yeah, and and at least two of them uh, involve me being knocked out cold. Awesome. <laughs> Go on. Um, the first time I remember losing consciousness in a baseball game, uh, <laughs> I I was I was playing rec ball in in Chapel Hill. Uh, I must have been, I, I couldn't have been older than seven or eight years old. And okay. I, for the for the first, I don't know, five or six years that I played baseball, I was a catcher. And uh, there was a play at the plate and I just got absolutely trucked. Uh, and I guess knocked the back of my head when I got run over. And the next thing I know, I wake up and my coach and parents are standing over me I'm like, what on earth happened? And no, I, I don't remember if I held on to the ball or not. Fun. <laughs> that yep. is a uh, that is a good time. Well, the other time was was far more comical. Okay. Uh, this was I, I was probably twelve or thirteen at the time. I had completely checked out of baseball because uh, I had already started playing tennis. And I wasn't allowed to play catcher anymore. And I loved playing catcher. And I, I was I was all right at it. Uh, but I wound up on a team where the coach's kid played catcher, which meant that I was in left field 100% of the time. Right. 
So uh, I, I just I did not have the attention span to be an outfielder. That's I think that's why I was decent at catcher because you know always involved with with every single pitch. Um, but in the in left field, you know you're you're only involved a small percentage of the time. So you know your mind wanders. You're maybe not paying quite as much attention as a 12 year old. Uh, And then I hear someone yell fly ball and I do not see the ball. It's a sunny afternoon. Uh, Oh, that that is the scariest (laughs) moment in the world for an outfielder. Oh yeah. And, and I pick up the ball as it's like 10 feet from me screaming out of the heavens, uh, try to get my glove up in time. And it hits me square in the center of the forehead and just, Oh gosh. (laughs) yikes so those are my two little league unconsciousness stories fun that is uh that is very fun i the worst i ever you know i i took some pitches you know to the back or you know into the shoulder or leg and you know those left marks and stuff because i i played all the way up until i was like until i was 16 so you know by the time you hit 14 15 kids start to throw pretty hard uh (laughs) So, oh, yeah. you know, went, went home with some bruises every now and then. The worst that I ever got hurt in a game, I was – this was one of my last seasons I ever played. I, so I, I was 14, 14 or 15 maybe. And they've got me out in left field, and a deep fly ball gets hit out toward left center. So I get on my horse, and I'm taking off after it. And all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I am flat on my back on the ground. Well, the center fielder and I collided with each other, both running full speed. Um, yeah, that sucked. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I don't even remember making contact with him. I just remember suddenly being on the ground and, like, seeing him five feet away from me. <laughs> and, like, I think my dad ended up telling me later that I, I got hit. I initially hit the ground and immediately tried to stand right back up and then went crumpled right back down. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> And I don't remember that happening. Next, so the next thing I know, like, like here, he's knocked out and walks yeah. and falls right in the middle of the ring. Yeah. I did a flare flop out on the warning track. Uh, <laughs> and so like, I just, I look over and here comes, you know, both of my coaches running out of the dugout out toward us. And here comes my dad, like through the gate running out um, and we, we actually, we ended up sitting out the rest of the game because both of us were not, uh, not all there to finish that night. <laughs> so, nice. yeah. So that was, uh, that was always fun. Fun times. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of big hits, I did get to call my first high school football game this Friday. Ooh. How, yeah. How'd that go? Uh, final score could have been better. <laughs> what was it? Uh, final score was 27 to three. Ooh. Yeah. The team I called for hit a, kicked a field goal on their opening drive. And then that was it. I'm glad the winning team didn't score one more point because I, I probably, uh, I probably would have gone into flashbacks. Oh yeah, that's right. Y'all blew a Super Bowl. For those that don't know, I am not a Falcons fan, so I do not share your pain in that whatsoever. Now, Suck if we bring up the can. now if we bring up the previous year's Super Bowl, then yeah, I, I might be a little upset. Amazing how <laughs> up until the Bucks this past year, the the 
playoffs for the previous four or five years had all included some ridiculous NFC South meltdown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I felt I felt really bad, and I still do, about the Panthers Super Bowl loss. But I felt really bad about it for a year. Then I saw how the Falcons lost, and I did not feel bad anymore. <laughs> well, you know, it's like, and, well, at least we didn't lose like that. And and I I get that, and because uh, I forget if it was one or two years after the Falcons Super Bowl loss, but when the Saints uh, were in the playoffs and they were they were the heavy favorites to go to the Super Bowl and had that game against the Vikings where they were leading <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> and have the miracle catch at the end to to just blow it. Um, that was oh that was fantastic. I, oh yes, I'll, I'll never forget that play because I was uh, I was at the Chicago uh, Midway Airport and uh, they had it on the TVs there, and uh-huh. we were just waiting for our flight to take off. And and there was a across the like. We were, of course, on the flight to Atlanta. Um, across the walkway was a flight heading to New Orleans. And so ev- everybody on both sides was watching the game, rooting for a different team. <laughs> and uh, when when the Saints scored their last touchdown right before that happened, you know, the New Orleans people are going absolutely insane and running, right. their, mouth, running their mouth to the Atlanta the Atlanta flights. And then, and then the uh, they get the miracle touchdown at the very end. The Vikings do, <laughs> and I had so much fun hollering at the uh, the folks from New Orleans across the aisle from us. So I too remember where I was for that game. Uh, my wife and I we uh, we hadn't we hadn't been married very long, so we didn't you know we didn't have our daughter yet at the time, so. Yeah, it was a late Sunday night. We went out to a local Mexican restaurant for dinner that night, and they had the game on in the restaurant. And you know, it's probably like, it's probably close to nine o'clock at that point, wasn't it? Because that that was one of the, that was like the later game that afternoon. It was. It, it was. It was the late game. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's near closing time. You know, it's us and maybe a, a few other couples in this restaurant. But you can kind of tell that like most of the people in the restaurant are kind of keeping an eye on the game because you know it's the playoffs. Uh, and I'll never forget that as soon as uh, I can't, what, what was the receiver on that play? Do you remember? Was it Diggs? Stefan Diggs? Maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, well, as soon as he comes down with the ball, I remember a guy like on the other side of the restaurant just all of a sudden hollers out, No way! <laughs> <laughs> And like everybody in this, like the wait staff and everybody are just glued to the TV because, you know, we're we're in Panther country. We hate the Saints just as much as anybody else does. So my my, um, my I love those moments where you're out doing something completely unrelated to a sporting event. And uh-huh. yet something happens in that sporting event that causes everyone to completely ignore you know, what's going on or what they're supposed to be doing and focus solely on that. And right. the first thing that comes to mind for me, and, and I'm sorry to bring this up, Braves fans, uh, was the uh, was the infamous outfield fly rule wild card <clears throat> game against the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, um, I was I was working at the Bahama Breeze in Kennesaw, Georgia, and and I was uh, 
Bahama was, Breeze. I was makes it, me feel fine. Sorry, I was I was a line cook at the time, and uh, and someone from the bar just shouts, "Hey, y'all got to come see this!" And everybody stops what they're doing. Food stops being cooked. Ser- servers stop stop serving. Uh, guests stop eating their food and everyone in the restaurant runs to the bar to see what's going on. And we see the outfield fly rule and people start throwing trash on the field and everything. (laughs) Yeah. I've never seen it become so publicly acceptable to, to just say the worst things on your mind in public. Yeah. Uh, Everyone was just screaming and cussing and we were about to start throwing trash in the bar. Uh, it was just everything came to a screeching halt so we could see that. So another another moment where I was in public that I, I'll always remember. Um, I was still working, working in the restaurant industry um, when the Alabama-Auburn kick six happened. Ooh, um, that's a good one. But. Yeah, but the restaurant I worked in did, did not have any TVs in it. So it's not like, you know, people were watching the game in the restaurant. But what I'll always remember was that one of our sister restaurants needed, you know, something, some kind of supply from us or whatever. So I sent I sent one of my, you know, one of my guys to go meet the other restaurant halfway or whatever. You know, how restaurants will, you know, sw- swap you know, cups or napkins or whatever when somebody runs out of something. Anyway. Uh, oh, dude, comes... there was one time I had to drive to Cleveland to pick up stuff for a restaurant in Pittsburgh. <laughs> Fun! <laughs> so, so he comes, he comes back in after, you know, making this run and I'm, I'm back in the kitchen and I can't remember if like, I, you know, if I was in the office, you know, counting money or, or whatever, but he comes to the door and he and I were both big sports guys and he comes to the door and he's like, you will never believe what just happened. <laughs> I'm like, what? And he describes this grand comeback play by Auburn to me. And I was immediately just like, oh my God, this sounds like the coolest thing ever. And and it was. And it was. And it's still one of those plays that's just going to stand the test of time. I think the one thing, so the one thing that always gets lost on that play, you know, and, and everybody listening, bear in mind that, I'm a Carolina fan. I have no weight in the argument of Alabama versus Auburn. I am merely a couldn't yep. possibly care less about either am, of those teams. Yep. Merely a spectator. Okay. I'm just an outside observer. But the thing that always gets left out from that moment is the fact that Saban argued till he was blue in the face to get one more second put back on the clock so they could attempt that field goal. <laughs> never forget that he did do that I, I i actually did not remember that part of it yeah so that's why the next season some auburn fans brought to came together and made this t-shirt called daylight saving time remember to turn your clock back one second <laughs> good stuff good oh stuff. man that's a beautiful thing i can't wait for college football it's right around the corner. We're just a couple of weeks away, and I'm very excited for it. We have plenty of reason to be excited right now. Absolutely. So um, real quick, going back to uh, to Major League Baseball for a minute. We yes. are we're, we're in the midst of seeing some things that that 
I'm sure we've seen in the past, but it feels rather unusual. Uh, we've got, I believe, three different teams that have won nine or more of their last ten. And I think we've got the same number of teams that have lost that same number. Um, we so like it's the it's the Dodgers, the Yankees, and the Braves uh, that are that are just all of a sudden the three hottest teams in baseball. And then the Phillies and the Mets are just in the midst of one of the most epic collapses from two teams in the same division I recall ever seeing. Yeah. So let, let's talk about the Mets for a second. Okay. Um, I'm not even sure what their let's see. I'm not even sure what exactly their record is. Like in they're the last... 60 and 63, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, they are two and eight in their last ten. Bear in mind that this is a team that was in first place. First of all, let me, let me just say, Joe, I'm so sorry that we're, we are about to drag your heart across the pavement. Um, the Mets were in first place coming into August and have somehow dropped 11 games this month. They were four. They were up four games on August 1st, <laughs> and they are now in third place trailing by seven. And the Phillies aren't doing that much better. <laughs> no, the Phillies are four and six in their last ten, coming off a sweep at the hands of Arizona. You remember like two weeks ago when we were bemoaning the fact that the Braves could not, could not get above 500? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, your Atlanta Braves are 68 and 56 right now. You know, it... You know what's funny? The funniest thing about all of this is that as much as we, you know, as much as we saw people joke about it, it does feel kind of true that the guys maybe were just in their head a little bit about this whole getting above 500 thing because, gosh, once they did, there was no looking back. Yeah, they took off. So it really does make you wonder how much that really was weighing on this team about getting above 500. I don't remember exactly what the numbers were, but I believe about three weeks ago, the Braves had something like a 35 to 40% chance of making the postseason, uh, whereas the Mets were somewhere around 65 to 70%. Right. Right now, here today, as we record, uh, ESPN is giving the New York Mets a 5.1% chance of making the postseason and the Braves an 81% chance of making the postseason. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's 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 wild stuff. And and we'll get, you know, we'll get into it more so in the Braves breakdown later in the show. But I've seen a lot of a lot of talk on the old uh, old interwebs this afternoon about yeah well the Braves have won nine in a row but they haven't played anybody <laughs> and uh, it's my, almost my, like my, my argument to that plays the same teams just right. in a different order well and, and and my argument to the Braves going nine and zero against the Nationals Marlins and now Orioles is simply this what else could they have done against subpar teams like that? 
Right. And why didn't the Phillies and Mets go nine and zero against yeah. those same teams? Because they I, played them. I I don't you know we're, we're talking about thirteen straight wins on the road, nine wins in a row overall. I don't care how bad of teams you're playing. You don't you don't get much better than that, and that's what you should do in these circumstances. Uh, absolutely. I, yeah. Everybody but has the same opportunity to play the same teams to to an extent. Right. Uh, everybody in the NL East is is playing the uh, the AL East at some point this season. Um, so hey, can't really complain about our record. It just set up so that we are breaking your hearts late late in the season. Exactly, and you know it stands to be true now at this point in the season that the Braves have the third largest divisional lead in all of Major League Baseball. Correct, and and to those who would say, well, the the, the NL East sucks, like they they wouldn't even make a wild card if uh, if someone else was leading the division. Um, the Braves would be exactly one half game back of a wild card spot right now. Oh, only trail. Well, trailing the Dodgers and then the Cincinnati Reds, a team who they just took a series from. Yeah. It, um, kind of funny how that works, huh? Oh yeah. Good times. But yeah, like you said, we'll talk about that a little bit more in the Braves breakdown for now. What do you say we look back at some cool moments from baseball history? Let's do it. All right. We're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com. And the week we're going to be looking at is August 23rd through the 29th. Our first fact comes to us from August 23rd, 2006. Joining the 1989 Pirates, the Royals become the second team in big league history to have a 10-run first inning and not win the game. At Kauffman Stadium, the home team earns an early 10-1 lead but is defeated by the Indians in 10 innings, 15-13. You did this just so I would start having feelings about 2019 again, didn't you? Yeah, well, you know. Damn it, Cam. What? What? Yeah, ten, ten run, ten run first innings. Those don't happen very often at all, right? No, right? they don't. Okay, cool. Just, you know, just make it. Ah! All right. Our next fact comes to us from August twenty fifth, nineteen thirty six. The Braves establish a new major league record, hitting seven doubles in one inning. The two bagger the two bagger barrage occurs in the first frame of a twenty to three route of the Cardinals at Sportsman's Park. I'm I'm sorry, what year did you say this was again? Nineteen thirty six. Ah, okay. Nick Markegas had a hell of a day. Apparently, yeah. He had to be at least five of those. Seven double can you imagine seeing a seven double inning <laughs> in this day and age? That would maybe be the most exciting inning. In in an entire season of baseball. It still wouldn't top seeing four men get walked in with the bases loaded. That's still the damnedest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and now everybody else is doing it to us, too. Like, we had two men walked in against the Marlins the other day. Hell, the Padres beamed two Phillies last night to walk in two runs. 
<laughs> and still won the game. And still won the They lost that Let's... series, though, man. What the hell has happened to the Padres? Good oh, Lord. Oh, boy. Are they... Are they even in the wild card spot anymore? No, they are not. So Cincinnati has taken over that spot. Yes, they have. It's it's the Dodgers and the Reds right now in the uh, in the NL wild card. Ooh, mercy. I yeah. I don't know, man. I the Padres have really fallen on some harsh luck the they, past couple of weeks. They really have. They are two and eight in their last ten, and they start a series with the Dodgers this week. Yep, they got the Dodgers, Angels, Diamondbacks, and then Astros. I didn't realize this until Friday night, and I'm I'm certain it's true because he, he knows what he's talking about. So my my broadcast partner for football um, is originally from the Los Angeles area. He grew up out in L.A. and didn't move here to North Carolina until the 90s. So he's he's a big Dodgers fan, and we talk baseball all the time. And but he was telling me that the Dodgers only have three games left against the Giants, that they've already played 16 of their 19. Oh wow. Yeah, so they've got three games left against each other, and then it's just going to be a lot of scoreboard watching, I guess, for both of them through the end of the season. There are tons of uh, of Dodgers Padres games left, though. I want to say okay. there, I want to say there are at least eight Dodgers Padres games left. So, well, then for San Diego to really have a run at this, they've got to go what six and two? Uh, have to, like, have to. Have to. And they've got Ooh. a series with the Giants, which isn't going to be easy on them. No, it is not. And they have Tatis playing outfield. They have uh, they have you Darvish on the IL. Things are things aren't going well for our friends over in San Diego. Uh, no, it certainly doesn't sound like uh, sound like they are. All right, our next fact comes to us from August twenties. A swig of beer for the working man. Oh yeah. Um, our next fact comes to us from August 27, 1951. A prolonged delay occurs at Bradner Stadium in New York when a skunk refuses to leave the infield during a Pennsylvania-Ontario-New York <laughs> League game. The minor leaguers try to shoo the mammal away, but result in the players running off the field with the uninvited guest staying put for an hour before moving on, allowing the contest to resume, albeit with a lot fewer fans in the States. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> Man, paper lip. Oh, gosh. <clears throat> Throat's going on. <clears throat> Boy, I tell you. Paper lip, you really wanted to go see a baseball game that day. Uh, apparently. Apparently. Uh, Have there been so- any other weird ones? Like, like I've, I've, of course, seen, you know, lots of, of games being paused for, like, swarms of bees. Uh, seen, bees! seen cats on the field a couple of times. Have there been yeah. any other odd wildlife instances on a baseball well, field, except for Randy Johnson blowing up a pigeon? <laughs> uh, eat your heart out, PETA. Um, <laughs> no, what, what was his name? Uh, had the bald eagle land on his shoulder two what? or three seasons. What? You don't, during the National Anthem. You don't remember that? A bald e- n- A player? Yes, a bald eagle land on their shoulder. So, like, they they released a bald eagle on the field during the national anthem. And he, gosh, I'm going to feel like an idiot when I figure out his name. Oh, yeah, it was James Paxton. What? Have you never, it occurred in 2018. 
James Paxton was standing out in the outfield during the national anthem, and a bald eagle literally came and landed on his shoulder. I'm watching the video right now. Oh, my God. Kind of terrifying, not going to lie. Yeah, no, a bald eagle will straight up kill you. Bald (laughs) eagles are huge, okay? Oh, my God. I'm shocked. I am shocked that you didn't. Oh, my God. So that's the coolest one, right? That's so cool. Yeah. (laughs) And dude just stood there and took it like a champ. Wasn't there... Wasn't so you know how they do the eagle flying at the Auburn games? Yes. Wasn't there some kind of incident recently, or relatively recently, with the ball with the eagle at the at one of their football games? Like, either flew into a window or dive bombed a fan or something like that. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, didn't uh, didn't Georgia's mascot almost get killed by Bevo a few years ago? Uh, yes. <laughs> Which hey, oh, let's take- oh yeah, here it is. So uh, Spirit, the eagle at the Auburn game, uh, crashed into the window of a luxury box during its pregame flight. Oh. <laughs> what what can he say? Gene Chizik was showing him money through the glass, and he couldn't. Never mind. That's that's not nice. Okay, <laughs> I didn't say that. All right. Uh, Find a fact. It comes to us from August 29th, 1996. You know, Alex, there's been a lot of talk about the Braves infield and how well they're producing and how many home runs each of the four infield players could end up with by the end of the season. But here's a fun one for you from 1996. The the Orioles become the first major league team to have seven players hit 20 or more home runs in the same season. When Bobby Bonilla goes off, goes deep off a of right-hander Bob Wells in the first inning of a nine to six loss to Seattle at the kingdom. The other Baltimore sluggers to reach the plateau are Rafael Palomero, Roberto Alomar, Cal Ripken, BJ Surhoff, Brady Anderson, and Chris Hollies. How cool huh. is that? That's seven, cool. Seven players with 20 homers or more. So, Hold on just a second. I, I, cause it's in my mind, the I'm Braves going have to, to be Carolina. Close. Probably. Maybe. Let's cause see. like, how many, cause Duvall, Duvall's gotten to 20, right? Um, that is correct. All, all four infielders are above 20 at this point. In fact, aren't Riley and Freddie tied at 27? Yes, they are. So, and, and Acuna, who isn't even playing, is over 20 as well. So over 20 so far, you've got Acuna, Freeman, Ozzie, Dansby, Riley. And then I think Jock's at 15 or 16. Actually, I think Um, he got, I think last night was 17. Maybe. Okay. 17. And then Duvall is over, uh, over 20 already. So that's seven right there. What, what, what is Solaire at? Um, Ooh, I think he might be over 20. Cause he put one into the Solaire system today. (laughs) um let's see here jorge soler has 17 on the season this year awesome awesome so this is this is a so the braves could conceivably have eight players on their team by the end of the season with 20 or more home runs now of course there are several players who 
who who got some of those home runs while playing for other teams, uh, but remarkable nonetheless. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it certainly makes for a, a fun conversation. And you know where you can have that conversation at, Alex? Where's that, Cam? By God, you can have it on Spotify <laughs> Green Room. <laughs> Don't laugh, it's a serious business, because Spotify Green Room literally the greatest application you can put on your phone ever. I know you like listening to this podcast, dear listener. We're all up in your ear holes right now. But guess what? You could be all up in ours on Spotify Green Room. It's an audio-only platform where you can come on and have great discussions with other sports fans all across the globe. It's available on iOS and Android devices. And as we've mentioned before, friends of the show, Platinum Sombrero, Doc and Dylan, they're on there quite a bit. You can go hang out with them as well and talk about advanced metrics that are far beyond Alex and I's understanding. (laughs) So, yeah, Spotify Green Room. Check it out. Um, And, hey, uh, I'm just going to float this out there just to gauge our listeners' interest in something like this. Cam and I were talking about potentially doing something kind of cool a little bit later on Spotify Green Room. Yes. Which would be to, uh, you know, you could put your... Uh, Braves game on mute, and (laughs) (laughs) if you don't already, if you don't already, and then Cam and I would do a basically play-by-play for the Braves game, so you could listen to us instead of uh, instead of Chip and Jeff, if you so desire. So if that's something you as a listener are interested in, drop us a line, let us know. I would certainly be interested in it. That would be fun. Well, that has been... You would be professional. I'd be a mess. uh, By the fourth inning, I would would drop the professional act (laughs) and just start calling players ugly and whatnot. All right. That has been this week in baseball history. Do with that useless knowledge what you will. All right, guys. We'll be right back to recap the last week for the Braves and take a look at what's ahead. All right. As we mentioned earlier, this is the very first time time in Chatting Average Podcast history that we get to talk about a perfect week for the Atlanta Braves. They didn't lose a game, not one, not a single game the entire time since we last spoke to you guys. So that's good times. We started with the uh, with the Marlins series and started out really strong on the back of a really good Tukey Toussaint start. Uh, Braves win 12 to two. Tukey goes six and a third, allowing two earned runs and striking out seven. You got home runs from Freddie Freeman and Adam Duvall uh, and a double from Travis Darno and what I believe was his return from uh, from the injured list. So uh, so got things off to a to a really hot start there. Came back the next day against the Marlins, uh, won a tight one, two to nothing. Had uh, had Waskar Inoa back on the hill for his first start off of the I.L., Manages to go five and a third innings, allowing only three hits, no earned runs, and striking out four. Got a home run from Austin Riley uh, and an, uh, uh, Jorge Soler RBI to give us the, the second run there. Um, Waskar Inoa goes one for two on the day, uh, bumping his <laughs> batting average for the season up to 368. <laughs> um, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I have no words for that. It's it's I can't believe I even said it. Uh, what what made this game even more amazing is that we won it two to nothing, while facing 
one of the best pitching performances I think we've we've run into this season from uh, from from Sandy Alcantara. Um, he he went eight innings, allowing one earned run, striking out seven, and only walking one. Um, hey hey, hold hold that thought for just a second. Do you have the Little League Classic game on? I do not. What happened? Uh, the guy that's currently batting for the Angels, last name Mayfield, he's using a bat that looks like a crayon. That's Jack Mayfield. That's Braves legend Jack Mayfield. A legend in whose eyes? <laughs> hey, we signed him for about five minutes before DFAing him in spring training. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or cutting yeah. him, I guess. Yeah, using a bat that looks like a crayon. Hey. And he just hit a home run. No You're kidding. <laughs> no, he, he put it out to the warning track. Looked good off the bat, though. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, Braves take the first two games of the series against the Marlins, come back the for the last one on that Wednesday behind a Charlie Morton start that saw him go six innings, allowing two earned runs, striking out nine and only walking one. Uh, you got home a home run from Freddie Freeman. You got a triple from Freddie Freeman. You got a double from Freddie Freeman. You got a single from Freddie Freeman. He hit for the cycle in this one, guys. Shout out to a friend of the show, Josh Goldberg, for calling the cycle early in the night. Called the well when 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 you get a triple in the first inning, I feel like that's a that's an okay call to make. Yeah, yeah, he texted me and he was like. Freddie's hitting a cycle tonight, and I posted the. Well, actually, he he tweeted the screenshot of it right before I was about to. <laughs> well, there are uh, there are a couple of really cool stats that go along with Freddie Freeman hitting for the cycle in this game. He is the first Braves player in history to hit for multiple cycles. Yep. Ever. He indeed That's, is. Uh, he is also the first first baseman in the history of the game of baseball to have multiple cycles another another cool one and they, they talked about this on the radio broadcast there there have been over 21,000 Braves games in franchise history there have now been eight cycles in Braves franchise history Freddie has two of them good lord he literally has a quarter of the Brave Braves cycles in history. Here's a here's another cool stat that came from that. Okay. Uh, Freddie Freeman is a free agent after this season. Oh God, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Extend Freddie already, for God's sakes! Please make it happen. Hey, but you know who's not a free agent after this season? Who's that? Travis Darno. Travis Darno. Travis Darno gets a gets a two year extension on his contract, uh, and with a third year option, signs signs the two year extension with the three with the third year option, comes out, hits a home run that proves to be the game winner in that game, and then the following morning, goes on paternity leave because his child was just born. Old, old Travis had a pretty good 24 hours there. Pretty uh, pretty eventful. Um, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We talked about the no, we talked about the Wednesday night game. Yeah, so, yeah we did. Yeah, so, now we can go. Now we go into Friday night we, and Max Reed's gym. Oh yes, we are. We are into the uh, to the Orioles series, and goodness gracious, Max Freed through the game of his life. 
literally. It, and his and and most other people's lives too. Uh, Max Freed throws a complete game shutout against the Orioles on 90 pitches. My God. It's wow. Just, just bananas. I mean, 90, 90, 90 pitches. Yeah. But it was against the Orioles. Okay. Don't care. Okay. <laughs> Why hasn't everybody else done it then? Yeah, you know, Max Freed obviously is is a great pitcher and a cornerstone of our rotation, if not the ace of our rotation. Um, you know, moving absolutely forward. the ace of our rotation. But I, I don't just, I don't think there's a particularly close second. But just on a on an entirely different level on Friday night, and I and I really hate that I missed it because I was I was calling a football game that night. But I'll put it to you this way. My football game kicked off before the Braves game started, and the Braves game was over before I finished my football game. Um, the the game started at like uh, it was a seven twenty game, I believe. Uh, yep. And and the game was over by like nine thirty. That's insane. And in fact, I know it was over by nine thirty uh, because that night there was a very important wrestling show. That uh, that anyone who's a fan of wrestling tuned in for, and Max was kind enough to get that game, the Braves game finished in time for us to all go watch that. Ah, uh, yes, yes, you are, you are correct, sir. The very kind man. So if you don't know what I'm referring to, I promise we will keep this as brief as possible. But probably the most exciting thing that's happened in professional wrestling in the last 20 years happened uh, this past Friday night. Uh, a guy by the name of CM Punk returned, and while that may not mean much to most of you, goodness gracious, it was one of the coolest things I think I've ever seen. Yeah, the boys in the group chat were uh, were popping hard Friday night. Oh my God. Um, this is a guy that was one of the biggest stars in the world and uh, left the WWE, obviously the biggest wrestling company on earth, and and hadn't been seen in a professional wrestling ring in over seven years. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and it was the worst kept secret in the world. This other company, uh, AEW, booked the United Center in, in this guy's hometown of Chicago. Um, <laughs> people had found out that they had licensed the guy's music that he that he used to come in. Uh, and so everyone knew what was happening. Like there was no surprise here. And yet still was like the biggest thing that happened that night. Pretty, uh, pretty swell. Oh, was, by the way, the, the official time on Friday night's game was two hours and 29 minutes. Two hours and 29 minutes. That is uh, <laughs> uh, somewhere Rob Manfred was smiling. Yes, while he kicked puppies and scared children. <laughs> anyway. All right, so the Braves come back on Saturday. Uh, Drew Smiley's on the hill. Not his best start, not his worst start. Drew goes five <clears throat> innings, allows three earned runs, and strikes out eight. Uh, luckily, so, so here, here, the thing about Drew that just cracks me up, really, is that we should honestly know what to expect at this point. He's going to have high strikeout totals, but he's also going to give up a bomb or two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's going to look great his first time through the order. Yep. Um, and then the second time it's going to get a little bit uglier. 
And then, God forbid, he goes through the order a third time because it's going to get even worse from there. But I, I feel like he's always solid for, like, five innings, right? Uh, he's he's always solid for three. Right. And then four, he's okay. And then five, the wheels typically start to fall off. Uh, luckily for Drew Smiley, the Braves' offense was facing the Dark Knight himself, Matt Harvey who is somehow still a professional baseball player. Some, um, people will, some people will say that last week you told me it was not Matt Harvey. Uh, it Last week, it was not la- Matt Harvey. Okay. <laughs> this was actually a swap to a different Harvey. So the Orioles have two different Harveys on their team. They do have two different M. Harveys on their team. Okay. I, I, I Hand to God, this is a fact. Okay. Just, uh, just need to verify your facts. <laughs> Get a lot of people say it. I'm saying it. Okay. Anyway. Shut up. Braves win five to four and taking the second game of the series against the Orioles. Get home runs from Austin Riley and Jock Peterson, uh, and as well as RBI from uh, from Jorge Soler and Dansby Swanson. Um, had a five to three lead going into the bottom of the ninth inning, and um, yeah, this is where we have to talk about Will Smith, isn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, guys, w- Will Smith's not not good. He's not. He's not good. Yeah, he's having a hard time. Um, like save save stats. Be damned. Because we did gloss over Wednesday night's debacle, which I I don't necessarily throw all the blame on Will Smith for Wednesday night and the near comeback by the Marlins. Um, it did further prove that Josh Tomlin is donezo. Like that dude is cooked. Because uh, if you've got an eight-run lead and you can't go out and get three outs, that is a problem. Um, and so obviously Will Smith was not expecting to have to pitch Wednesday night. And unless he did, uh, he did get a dirty diaper, though, when someone took a meatball that he threw to right field. Oh, God. He, He's he, big, big-time poo-poo diaper for no reason. Um, but so yeah, Saturday night, this is exactly how it happened. So Saturday night, hanging out with Goldberg. Okay. I'm over his house. We're keeping an eye on the game because obviously we are blacked out here in North Carolina from Washington and Baltimore games. Fun fact. Um, and so I go to leave his house. I'm dry. I literally, I'm, I'm getting ready to walk out of his house and he says, Oh, Hey, Will Smith's on for the ninth. And I'm like, Ooh, fun, two-run lead. Let's see what happens. No <laughs> sooner than I get in my car, Goldberg has texted me and said, are you kidding me? Oh, at which point yeah. I at yeah. which point I see that Will Smith has allowed a solo shot, to which I immediately replied back to Goldberg, LOL, this bitch. So, <laughs> I, I've complained before about Will Smith pitching scared and allowing walks that he shouldn't. And that's where he gets into trouble. But at the end of the day too, man, you can't just give up runs just because you have a lead either. Nope. Um, so let me quote you some stats here. Okay. Um, this is not including today's game where, uh, where he did, he did get the save, but, uh, but also allowed a leadoff double in the ninth inning. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, in the month of August, Will Smith has had 10 appearances, 
pitched 9.1 innings. He in that in those nine nine and a third innings, he has allowed eight hits, seven earned runs, surrendered seven walks, struck out 12, given up four home runs, and has an ERA of 6.75. Opponents have an on-base percentage of 386 against Will Smith in the month of August, and an OPS of 1.015. And this guy is our eight-figure closer. It is um it is how you say not great. <laughs> it's not it's not good. And and part of the problem, part of why I think Snicker and Anthopolis's hands are tied with this guy, one, they have all this money tied up into him. Oh, it's absolutely. Not, it's not like you can just DFA the guy. Uh but the the other problem is okay, so you take him out of the closing role. It's it's a proven fact that this guy is garbage outside of a safe situation. So so he's only of a little bit of use to you in a safe situation. He's of no use to you out of a safe situation. So if you're going to use this guy at all, which you have to because he's taking up a roster spot, you kind of have to use him in the ninth inning. Yep. <sighs> Meanwhile, it is, it is certainly a, a predicament. Meanwhile, Luke Jackson and Tyler Matzik are two of the best uh, relief pitchers on the planet right now. Uh, yeah, they are legitimately. <laughs> they, they are it's great. Absolutely unbelievable. The two of them right now. Um, in, Elite uh, Luke Jackson and the Death Star Tyler Matzik. Yes. And speaking of elite Luke Jackson, if you want to go grab uh, a Luke Jackson shirt or any Thank other you. shirt from our uh, from our store at teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast. We are running a sale right now that goes through this coming Friday. Just uh, just use a promo code and here I'll spell it out for you. P-H-I-L-O-L-I-E-S. Use that to get, use <laughs> that to get 15% off of anything in the chatting average podcast store. Again, that's teespring.com slash store slash chatting average podcast fantastic yeah go go get you go get you a shirt and some people have already jumped on that and that's awesome thank y'all seriously definitely thank you and uh and, and yeah lots of cool stuff in there uh from the uh from the the zany mind of our own cam matthews oh what a what a tangled web it is all right so from there we go to today this well if you're listening to this yesterday's game yeah, sunday probably. game against the orioles Tuki Tucson is back up on the hill, gives us another good start, going five and a third innings, allowing one earned run and striking out five. John Means pitches a good one for the uh, for the Orioles, going six innings, allowing three earned runs and striking out five. Uh, luckily, the Braves were able to tack on three runs there in the fourth, uh, and that that the fourth inning was apparently the entire game because the Braves scored three, the Orioles scored one, and the final, lo and behold, three to one. Will Smith did get the save today, despite allowing the leadoff double. Goes uh, goes one inning pitched, striking out two. So uh, so trying to trying to uh, build off of the uh, the bad couple of outings he had had prior to that. 
But the Braves have swept the last three series consecutively. It's wild stuff, isn't it? It's it's pretty wild stuff. And from here, we come back home and get to face one of the other hottest teams in all of baseball. The New York Yankees are in town for a two-game set on Monday and Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. Um, this this coming week, guys, is not going to be easy for the Braves. Granted, no. we're, we're coming off of, our, you know, our last five series were Washington, Cincinnati, Washington, Miami, and Baltimore. Luckily for us, we won a ton of those games uh, because it is not going to be an easy stretch for the next uh, the next 10, 12 days or so. So on Monday, we got a 7:20 start against the Yankees. We've got Waskar Inoa back up on the hill, making his second start coming off of the injured list. Jordan Montgomery will be the starting pitcher for the Atlanta or for the uh, for the New York Yankees. He is four and five on the season with a 3.77 ERA. Tuesday, we've got another 7:20 start with Charlie Morton on the hill for the Braves. Andrew Heaney will be pitching for the Yankees. So uh, you know, got some uh, got some. Fairly, probably best case scenario pitching matchups there. I think. Um, yeah, I, I would, I would say so. Like pitching matchup wise, you kind of feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, you you avoided, uh, you you avoided Garrett Cole, you avoided Jamison Tyone, um, and, and kind of get the back end of their rotation, which which is really all you can hope for there. Um, from there, the Braves have a, a very rare two consecutive days off. No games on Wednesday or Thursday for the Braves, uh, but on Friday the San oh, Francisco. Hang, 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 hang. Let, let me let me just let me just address Wednesday oh, and Thursday. Okay, let me let me just let me just throw this out there because I know a lot of our listeners are on on the Twitter. Um, don't be the main character on Twitter on Wednesday and Thursday because you know, every, because everyone will have the time. <laughs> things are, uh, things are going Something well always happens. right now. So the something happens, the something happens every time. The main character on off days lately has, has been somebody from another fan base, which, which I love. That's my favorite Braves off day is when we're all just going to town on some idiot blogger from Philadelphia um, <laughs> just giving him a four post massacre. Oh yeah. Just absolutely destroying him. <laughs> but presuming that we can survive our two days off on Wednesday and Thursday, the San Francisco giants are coming to town. That's right. The national league West leading San Francisco giants. Good Lord. Oh boy. It's, uh, <laughs> this is going to be a tough series guys. Uh, yeah. so, uh, luckily for us, we opened it up on Friday with our ace Max Freed up on the hill, taking on Logan Webb of the Giants. Logan Webb is seven and three on the season, sporting a 2.84 ERA. So uh, we are not getting off to an easy start here. On Saturday, it's a 7:20 start. We've got Drew Smiley on the hill and TBD going for the San Francisco Giants. Oh, what are his numbers looking like? Oh, just fantastic. Zeros across the board. Oh, gosh. I, well, I, I thought he had like a .69 ERA. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 17 years old. Sunday. Going to be a fun one on Sunday. You know why? 
Why? We've got a TBS broadcast. Ooh. The Braves oh. are coming back home to TBS on Sunday. Tuki Toussaint is, is going to be on the hill up against Anthony Desclafini for the San Francisco Giants. Uh, Desclafini has a... <laughs> I can't make this up. ESPN's Anthony Desclafini page says that he has a 48-44 and 44 record on the season. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I swear that to is... God. Something tells me that's not correct. I, I mean, maybe he's pitched 92 games so far this season. I don't know. Good Lord, man. Uh, but I do trust this number. It says he has a 412 ERA. So uh, if we can get a good start out of Tukey on Sunday, then uh, might have a chance to steal that Sunday game. Hey, um, we got a good start out of Tukey again. Actually, we got two good starts out of Tukey. Yeah, week. his last. I mean, he uh, he he came out hot when uh, when we when he came back off the IL. Uh, fell off for a game or two, but looks to have regained his form. So hopefully he can keep that up at least for another couple of turns through the rotation while we're waiting for uh, for Ian Anderson to come back. For sure. All right. Well, that is which should be soon. Games. What's that? It should be which which should be soon because I think Anderson's going to make like one more rehab start and then he's going to be back. That is correct. And Drew Smiley will take Josh Tomlin's place as our long relief. Uh, one would certainly hope. <laughs> All right, guys. So we got five games coming up this week. Two of them are against one of the hottest teams in baseball against the New York Yankees. Three of them are against the first place San Francisco Giants. It's not going to be an easy one, but it's sure going to be fun to watch. But before we go, one more piece of business to attend to, and that's the voicemail line. And as a reminder to all of you guys, if you ever have a question or comment for the show, you can always contact us at 678-242-9408 via voicemail or text message. Uh, and we'll get to you on the show. If you ever wanted to be on the Chatting Average podcast, that's how you're going to do it. Here's someone taking advantage of that right now. This is our old friend, Mr. Joe Seppi. Let's see what he's got to say. How about this? I'll cut you off in three minutes if your stupid podcast goes more than three minutes. you like that? Does that feel good? No? Taste your own medicine? A
Crossing over a river. if he didn't spend the first 30 seconds of his message complaining about the three-minute time limit. Those damn Subarus. Those damn Subarus. That was an adventure. That That was was an adventure. adventure. That was fantastic. A day in the life of our nation's truckers. Love it. This is quality content. This is what you all come here for. We know. Uh, I kind of want a Johnsonville cheddar brought now. I tell you what, those things are good unless that uh, that that cheddar juice pops you on the lip. Oh yeah, no, no, you gotta that's, let that, it cool down that, a minute. That's a rough burn. Oh yeah, yeah, but no, you 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 boil them in beer for a couple of minutes and then throw them on the grill. It's good that's times. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right, well that's enough food talk. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Chatting Average Podcast for Mister Cam Matthews. My name's Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chattingaverage. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.